Hello and how are you to all you sports lovers out there? My name is Robbie Gillette and welcome to episode 5 of the Keeping It Real with Robbie podcast, where we chat all things from the mental side of sport to stories, laughs and banter. Whether you're into the old pigskin or the old leather ball, we've got you. Today we're chatting to Springbok physio Renee Naylor about all things life, lockdown and Rugby World Cup 2019. I hope you guys enjoy. It's, you, you must be having a, an awesome time homeschooling. How's that going? The homeschooling is not going great, <laughs> but like my son has actually said to me that he, he feels that, you know, I must, um, he'll take, I can take my screen, his screen time away, but I must just stop the homeschooling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's awesome to be sitting in kind of the new norm midst of, of Springbok rugby royalty. I mean, how, how long have you been at the Springboks? It's been, it's, it's been long. I mean, even since I can remember... I've seen Renee on the side of the field and I've been like, yo, she's got my dream job. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there since 2008. Yo, that is mad. That is, yeah, so what's that? Three, three World Cups, if I'm asking. Yeah. Three World Cups, wow. That's third time lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so Renee, thanks so much for coming on again, but, so we obviously see Renee Naylor, the, the, the Springbok physio at the moment, but a lot of the people don't know the journey it kind of took you to get to, to where you are at the moment. Could you kind of just chat us through uh, postgraduate and then, oh, where'd you go from there? And then how you ended up as Springbok head physiotherapist? Yes, uh, my journey started with physiotherapy. I mean, I decided at the age of 16, mm. I wanted to do physio. Okay. Um, my dad broke his leg in a, in, a, in a church community soccer game and then okay. he went to therapy and I decided this is my career. And I had no second choice. Okay. So it wasn't easy. Um, yeah. I was told I couldn't do it. It was a, it was, it was a struggle. It wasn't, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't an easy route for me. And then as, when I qualified as a physiotherapist, I basically started at the real bottom with, with rugby. I mean, rugby was my passion. Yeah. Our family all watched rugby. No one's really played professional rugby, was really good at rugby, but we enjoyed the sport and I enjoyed the sport. And I wanted, and I sat and watched a game at Newlands and I thought, gosh, it must be amazing to be on the pitch. On the field, yeah, exactly. <laughs> be there. I mean, at that stage, I didn't think I was going to ever end up at Newlands. I mean, I was very happy to work at, I started at a rugby club mm. out in, in, on the Cape Flats. We yeah. just playing. I started with Salisbury Rugby, worked in a little container, got paid 200 rand a game. You know, I was happy. Yeah. I was excited. Yeah. I was learning. And I also did my research there, did my master's in that, oh, that yes. time. So it was a long time. And then Western Province started. I was with Western Province for seven years and only started, you know, with the, with the Springboks in 2008. Hmm. So, so which, which era, era would you have been with the, the Stormers and Province? Would it, would it have been like, I don't know, Brent Russell, those kind of guys? Yes, Brent Russell was there. Van That's was awesome. Oh, my um, word. Legend. Yes, Jean Villiers, those guys, yeah. were, you know, were, were them for, for, for a long time. When, when they, I actually was Scott Burgess physio when he left the trick. Wow. That's yes. a, you're, and so you, you obviously, um, you would have seen his, his journey kind of that, that whole massive injury and uh, you would have followed him from matrix. So that must've been something pretty special to, to watch him go out for his, when he came back from injury to play for the Springboks again, that must've been incredible. 
Yes. No, I think if I, I think if you didn't have a tear in your eye, there's like there's something wrong with you. I guess. <laughs> no, no, it was it was it was really yeah. really a special time. Yeah. No, awesome. So I always like to play a game of who is and why, just because it's it's fun and and gives a little bit of insight into the into the team. Uh, so if I could just ask you a couple of who is and why, and then yeah, that'll be it'll be cool. Um, okay, so who uh, who is the comedian? So the comedian, you've got a few comedians. I don't really know their comedians. They've got this dry sense of humor in the physio room. Will be guys like like Lewitt. Okay. Lewitt is really funny. <laughs> and Vili LaRue would be a very dry sense of humor. But the guy with the biggest smile, that's the most positive energy, that's always, you know, getting everyone excited about something social mm. would be sculprits. And I mean, that's probably no, no yeah. surprise to anyone. <laughs> that's he's, awesome. He's he's a fun guy. Yeah. Always no, the the, the Fun yeah, that's awesome. And then, who who is hating lockdown the most? Who said lockdown the most? I think I don't know, but <laughs> I think it's the coaches often that they've got during this lockdown. I think they they're not enjoying it. I think they want to be back on the pitch with the yeah. players, <laughs> especially Rassi. I think, I yeah, think I... being at home and and being involved must be really hard for the coaches. Yeah. I feel like it's it's kind of bittersweet for the players because it's like it, it is a bit of a break for the body, but also I mean it's what, what you're doing what you love. But yeah, what what do you think? Um, yes, sorry, no, just sorry. just off the topic. Um, do you think this like kind of break will prolong or uh, improve players' um, career length uh, just because they've had a sort of extended break that they usually they don't usually have, or do you think it'll just be pretty much normal? No, I think that, um, you know, this lockdown has got many challenges for everyone. And, and, and I think for, for professional athletes, there would definitely be challenges because you're missing out on your actual sports-specific conditioning, your rugby conditioning, yeah. and, and your time, your minutes, you know, your playing, which for us as Springboks, we're expecting players to have covered a certain number of minutes when they reach, you know, the, the national team, which they would not have covered. Yeah. So that is... That is definitely going to be a challenge. Mm. Having said that, yes, it's nice to have this mental break, but you know, it it is you know it has been a long time. Yeah, and they, you know it will be a challenge. And and if we look at the the soccer, we just look at the incidence of injuries in the first few games. Now, the first few hours has been so much higher. Yeah. So for us as a medical team, the return to play and training is going to be so crucial to get that right. Otherwise, we'll sit with like Bundesliga with that, they've had so many injuries, soft yeah. tissue injuries, because mm. you know guys have not been conditioned in their sport, and and, and less than ten days of training, they're back playing. Yeah. We we won't be able to do that in rugby. We will no, really no, especially not to the collisions and everything. Yes, we no, will have lots of injuries. Yeah. So who? So I'm gonna just a double one. Uh, who who is earliest to the physio room and who is latest to the physio room? Okay, so yes, I'm probably going to give to Cheslin. Yes, <laughs> this, but Cheslin, we actually teased him. We said, "Have you become part of the medical team? <laughs> part of the physio team because you hear it when I, when I, you know, you'd be the, you'd be the first and the last sometimes." You know? <laughs> 
did you stay in the physio room? You know, he's, he took his injury in the World Cup very seriously yeah. and he was very professional and he was there all the time. We teased him. He says, oh yeah, our, you know, our colleague is here, you know, she's <laughs> here, you know, so it was, that was the fun thing. And yeah. then who would also be the latest in the physio room would be the roomies, uh, uh, Trevor and Bongi. <laughs> you saw the one, you saw the other one. And they often come and relax in the physio room with their recovery boots. So, I mean, the physio rooms, are, uh, we try and create a very social yeah. environment so that mm. the guys can relax. And if you're feeling isolated in your room and you need a little bit of a break, you can come, come into down. the physio room mm. and have a chat. And, and, you know, what we call our healing center. Okay. <laughs> What an what a awesome environment. I'd love to be a fly on the wall there. Just have all that chat and all that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then just so from your side with your role in the team or whatever, um, aside from obviously being the most important uh, person on the, on the non-playing staff, um, do you find yourself doing other bits other than fixing players up and doing the therapy? And like say on a game day, do you, do you find yourself doing other bits just helping out or is it, strictly okay strapping get these guys ready yes well i think that that's something about you know you spoke about me being there for so long so mm. sometimes when you're in a team for very long you yeah. obviously learn what other you know people in your in your team are doing and what they, their role is and what they need to get done and you are clearly there to provide support yeah so you definitely would offer support but we had this very important concept i think if you know you know the, yeah. the start of the campaign where we spoke about your suitcase okay your tasmi and it was you carry your suitcase and it was very powerful because it actually it was challenging obviously for someone from like me when you're there for long you feel you can comment on something else yeah. besides physio. Mm. but actually you shouldn't you should try to stick to what yeah. you, you know your lane. <laughs> Playing your lane and it actually worked brilliantly for us because it doesn't create viruses and it doesn't create so if someone comes to me and it was quite nice because someone comes to me and complains about the food i can say you know what i can't do anything about the food mm. go and speak to the dietitian yeah if, if you if you if you're concerned about the meetings and and you know go and speak to the coach but i can help you with the physio i can help you with yeah. your recovery and massage if you think it's not adequate so it was nice to to, to, to stay in your lane and stay in your, and I think the more professional you get that you do become, you know, focused on your niche. But having said that, you, you're there, but, you know, you, you provide the support, particularly on match day. Match yeah. day, unfortunately, as physios, we're busy all the time. Yeah, I can so, imagine. It's a pretty long it's, day. It's a long day mm. for us and we are busy from early morning. So it's, okay. it's really, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I've, because I've always wanted like, probably a very, very silly question, but so as a, when I played a little bit, um, I wasn't very good. I wasn't good at all, but I always used to love having strapping and, and all that. Is, is some of that strapping just like, so they can write something on their, <laughs> on their wrists or is it, is it, all of it have like a, a, a meaning or a purpose? No, most of the time. So, so obviously when you see a guy with a lot of strapping, you can't just assume that he is seriously injured and that's why he's wearing the strapping. Yeah. The, lots of strapping is preventative. Okay. And with the K-taping, with all the colored tape that you see the guys mm. wearing, 
Kinesio tape is also there to activate muscles that you need to activate and to, to oh, inhibit yeah. muscles from working too much. So you, they play that role as well. And then, of course, it's, it's also for sweating. You know, we got to Japan. We, we went through yeah. two seasons in Japan. It was Looks extremely humid. humid. And then at the end, it was, you know, icy cold. So, you know, sometimes that's also for the sweat because, you know, if the sweat is in your hands and you're gripping the balls, you'll, you'll you, you know. So yeah. sometimes there's different purposes. Sometimes people ask me why they're wearing that for the lineouts and that's for the lifting. Yes, you know, it's yeah, not yeah. that, you know, so. Yeah. It's different different reasons for strapping, but most of the time I don't think the guys do it just for fun at this level. <laughs> there, is a, there is a purpose, even though they may write a message on there. Yeah. Maybe the, the looks is just for a third side level. Maybe that was just a, a third team thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so you've been with the box since 2008 and obviously had a, a longer um, physio career. Um, you must have seen players at some pretty low lows. How, how do you, so you would have seen them straight after the injury coming into to rehab. How do you handle um, just having those guys on your physio bed? And, and it's like, so they play, they rugby players and they're going through their mind. It's like, when am I going to get back? Do you kind of also act as a, a psychologist and, and do you guys chat or is it, no, I just do my job? So, Robbie, I think firstly, I'm definitely not a psychologist. I think that's quite a specialized field yeah. in sports, sports psychology and performance psychology. Mm. I think that, but obviously we do play a role. Yeah. And I think that you, you, you have to assume that if you've got a serious long-term injury, particularly if it's a career-threatening injury, yeah. that, that, you know, that there will be a period that you'll be demotivated. I almost tell a player when, when the serious injury happens and we start the rehabilitation process, you can say, we are going to get to that stage where you're going to no, feel demotivated. Like, no, I can't Exactly. You are going to get to a stage where you're going to plateau. You know, in the beginning, yeah. there's improvement. Fast. The first few weeks post mm. your surgery, whatever, you, you see this improvement. And then you go through this period where nothing's really happening. Yeah. And, and, there's, and there's lots of, you know, doubts about your, your, whether you're going to be successful in your rehabilitation process. Mm. So, yes, as a physio, you definitely go through that process with the player. And it's inevitable. You almost say to the player that this you can expect you are going to go through it. Yeah. It's not not unique. You will come through it. Yeah. And sometimes now we've got technology. I mean, back in the day when I started physio, we didn't always have this technology, but now we do so many videos. So yeah. I can show the guy this is what your leg looked like day five. Look where you are now. Yeah. This okay. Is, this is, okay. You know. So then they see. Oh my gosh! I have. And it's good to take that out when they're demotivated to show them you've walked yeah. such a long road. Yeah, you can't give up now. You know, yeah. you use this. Oh, yeah, that's you know, and, and And yes, you use different tools to get there. That's hardcore. Um, so, which of, how many, yeah, okay, so, of the players you've done rehab with, which, which, who are some of the most intentional and, and professional players that, that you've worked with in, like, okay, so I have to, you mentioned Jason was really intentional about his injury at the World Cup. Can you name some other players that have been like, cool, I have to do this, I'm doing this. It's like up at five, you know, like non-negotiable. Yes, I think that there's, I think in, in our team and most of the guys, I mean, I think of all the guys that were injured, were exceptionally professional. Yeah. I think so much at stake. Mm. They understood that this was this was so big for the country. This was so big for everyone. That yeah. everyone wanted to be part of it. So even guys like Jesse and Trevor that came home, with yep. their injuries in the World Cup. 
they tried so hard. They were there early in the morning. They were seeing me two, three times a day. Sure. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't. And sometimes people think, oh my gosh, how on earth do these physios get these players back, you know, playing and they had an injury just the other day. But it's often because of the intensity of the therapy. You're not seeing, okay. you're not treating the person once a day. You're yep. seeing them when they wake up in the morning after breakfast. You're seeing them at lunchtime. You're seeing them in the evening before they go to bed. You're doing another treatment, another intervention. Yep. And I must say that all the players, and those are just acute injuries, were very professional and very, I mean, mm. even like Francholot and also Francholot, his T's flow because he's at the, he was, you know, saying I'm at the end of my career. And mm. then you also see the players become more professional. Yeah. Because those last, you know, years become yeah. precious. Yeah. You know, like Scott Berger will tell you that in the beginning, he wasn't, he never saw me as, you know, the, as his physio, whereas in the later years, he was in my room very often. <laughs> Wouldn't leave. Yes. And, <laughs> and then they do the rear. They listen to you then. They do the rear. Yeah. So I think, I think that, I mean, and then obviously the players that had very serious injuries, players like Jean de Villiers, you know, Captain Fantastic. He, I mean, we, we, we treated for three, three hours a day when he had his serious injury, when his knee dislocation. Yeah. Um, you know, we had treatments even on public holidays and, you know, it was, I remember it was New Year's Eve and we still did a treatment because, you know, this was the pro program, irrespective of whether it was a public holiday, we'd still go ahead and do his treatment because we had targets that we wanted to reach. Mm. So, yes, I think, I think you won't stay a springbok and you won't yeah. get you know, your caps if you don't have that yeah. intention and that warrior in you to actually be the best that you can be. Yeah. So, the World Cup 2019. I mean, what a what a what eight weeks, right? At at the World Cup, what a what a a spectacle. I mean, I'll I'll never forget the final. Um, I was hugging people that I uh, yeah I didn't even know um, while watching when Sia was lifting. It was incredible. Just can you kind of describe what it was like on the on the trophy tour? I know I think I saw on Instagram you you had your your boy with you. What was that like? It looked so cool. Yes, I must say, Robbie, it was so it was so special. I mean, it was really surreal. I mean, I think it was surreal for every South African. Every South African's got that special story that yeah. they can tell you of that second of November. Mm. Some, so, some, some almost better than others, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and um, for us, you know, I think it was just you know all the sacrifices. I mean, I think that it was such an uh, emotional experience. Mm. You know, you were totally focused. I almost felt like the week prior to the final was where I had almost like an emotional up. I was like just thinking, oh my gosh, we're finally here. Yeah. You know, it was 614 days that we were wow. counting down our preparation. Mm. So contrary to what people thought that, yes, it was just this day, we, 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 by luck we got to the final. We had actually been mapping it out and looking at the countdown of those days. Yeah. And... There was a special feeling there before that. So I can't tell you, I mean, now in retrospect, I mean, I can't say to you that we didn't think we're going to win. We planned to win. We yeah. worked hard for it. We, that, was, that was the goal. Mm. So obviously reaching it was such a relief. I mean, we were together for 20 weeks. So, yeah. I mean, you said weeks we were in Japan for 10 weeks. We always said we're the first team to arrive and the last team to leave. It was 20 weeks together and it was 20 intense weeks. I mean, yeah. and 21 weeks was, and we always said, guys, it's 20 weeks plus one week of trophy tour. 
<laughs> so the, the 31 weeks is the trophy tour and having my Sunday, I mean, that is my inspiration now. I mean, yeah. I think during your, your career, there's different things that inspire you. And then when I became yeah. a mother, that was my inspiration was, you know, to, to, to show my son that, you know, with hard work, it will pay off, you know, yeah. and he could just be part of that and to experience that because, I mean, he didn't see me for 10 weeks. It was the longest I've ever been away oh. from him. So it was the hugest advice yeah. that I've yeah. ever had to. And it's probably the biggest challenge of my whole career. No, no, no injury could match that sacrifice of actually having to be away from your, from your son or from your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't thank the, the Springbok side enough of, of, I mean, we play, we play New Zealand like quite often, but I was watching some of the, the English media on the, um, and a couple of podcasts in the week leading up to the final. I was, I was the whole, the whole week, I tell you, Renee, I was like, so like every, every night I had, had something on to do with rugby. Um, and I was watching some of the podcasts and I was like, I actually can't lose to England. Like I, I just, I won't be able to, <laughs> so I can't thank you, thank you guys enough for, for, for bringing the, the William Webb Ellis Cup up. It was crazy. I couldn't, yeah. Um, and then, so in the World Cup, you guys, or the, the side faced um, some critics about the, the, style, the style of rugby that we played. Um, do, you, how did, do you guys in the team block that out? I mean, we, everyone says, yeah, you know, you can block it out, but there's a little bit, I can imagine, once, it's always in your face. Um, was it hard to block it out? And did you guys manage to, to block it out successfully? The guys in the team as well. So, I mean, I mean, I'm talking, just giving my personal opinion and what yeah. I feel that, you know, what was powerful was the belief that we had. And that comes with time and it comes with building trust. Yeah. And I think that there was trust in the game plan mm. and there was lots of hours. I mean, players spent, you know, 11 to 12 hours a week doing analysis. Okay. It wasn't just a, you know, we're going onto the pitch and we're going to see what happens. There was a lot of analysis and prep going into it. The coaches were working exceptionally hard and lots of hours of meetings. I mean, you know, this yeah. you know, often for, for me, it was quite nice because as physios, we often the last ones to go and sleep because the physio room is a lot to close. And it was nice to see many times the coaches were still debating, <laughs> analyzing, doing their, their analysis. So I think that because so much work went into the prep, there was yeah. definitely belief in the game plan. And yes, it is hard when you're criticised. I think, yeah. you know, even as, as, a, as a physio, you would give support to a player when you know he's been criticised and he would tell you. He says, gosh, you know, even my dad said I was useless or I shouldn't have done that. Or, yeah. And you have to stay focused. That was your task. Mm. Yeah. You know, so even, even if people outside see that as, my gosh, why were we kicking so much? That was the plan. This yeah. is what we believed, and this is what we expected this player to do. And yeah. he knows that. And you know, you're playing for your teammates. You can't. You can't play for the media. You can't play for for everyone out there. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And um, you know, what was nice in the team was that you know you were allowed to make mistakes, but you you were not allowed to go into that game without giving hundred percent effort. Yeah. Okay. And how good was Rossi? I mean, he. You say that. Their players knew their roles, um, so he would. He must have the whole coaching staff must have provided a whole lot of, like a lot of backing to the player. So how good were, was Russia at doing that? Saying like, okay, like okay, you may have done this or that wrong, but we back you, like, and creating a belief that actually he does back them. 
Yes, totally. You were given the free reign to make mistakes. It was yep. never that you're going to be nailed if you make a mistake, mm. but you were definitely going to be nailed if you didn't go in with the warrior mentality. Yeah. You didn't okay. go into that game thinking about your teammate and your team. If you go into the game thinking, this is what was powerful for me, what he instilled in the players, do not go into the game thinking about myself. I don't want to make a mistake. Because if you're thinking about, I don't want to make a mistake, then it means you're thinking about yourself. You're thinking yeah. about your own ego. You're thinking about how am I going to be portrayed? Am I going to score a try? Am I going to look good? Am I going to, and that's not the purpose. The purpose is to actually stick to what your role is for your team. Yeah. And, and, and we went through that. I mean, even, you know, on a Friday, captains was, we'd go through the roles and, and, and as we went through the weeks, the players became more, you know, the confidence grew in their roles, in, in working out, focusing on the defense or whether your, your job was the work rate or yeah. whether your job was the line-out calls or whether your job was in the scrum and, and creating the energy and the, the work rate on the pitch. So, so the guys knew that these were their roles and, and they believed in the system. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that was coaches. Coaches did yeah. a phenomenal job in, in creating that. And I think that players could trust that if they if they were messing up and they were not if they were weak on something, they had to analyze themselves every week and the coaches. So it wasn't just a one, you know, from one side. It was yeah. from both sides to say, How how is my performance? Yeah. Okay. And, and not not look at the newspapers how your performance is. Yeah, no, that, I think that that could be criminal having to having look looking at the yeah. newspapers, especially like leading up to big games. Um, yeah. So I, I am conscious of your time. Uh, just two more questions. Um, what what kind of things did you guys get up to, coaching staff, players uh, off the field in Japan? Like, say you had an off day, um, was there a lot of exploring done? And and how yeah, how was Japan? I've never been. So Japan is such a special place. I yeah. I was privileged to go on a family holiday to Japan in 2017. So I did okay. do a lot of touring and I did understand a lot about Japan prior to the World Cup. And I must say that I didn't manage as a physio to do lots of, you know, touring. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> you're pretty busy. Because pretty, pretty intense and pretty busy and, you know, the focus was, was there. Mm. And really, when you had off time, you really just wanted to relax. Yeah. But, you know, there was time to learn to make some sushi, mm. you know, eat and enjoy the amazing cuisine that they have. And we, we would, most of the times so we'd eat at the hotel. But on your off day, you could go and eat out okay. and try, try different foods. And I mean, I think the culture in Japan is just so special. You know, they're yeah. such a proud nation, but they're so humble. And I think that was, and, and they were so, so excited to learn about us and about our culture and okay. singing our anthem. And yeah, that was, that was incredible. <laughs> exactly. So I think that that. That was also very powerful and something something that, that that for us we'd say oh my word we as south africans do not want to see a south african wearing another rugby jersey yeah you're just allowed to wear then, yeah. Jersey. yeah wearing another <laughs> and here they were embracing us and wanting us to feel special they were supporting us they were putting yeah. on our jerseys and and so they really made our time be very special and and i and i must say that Everyone that is, 
uh, work there, any of the players that have been playing there, they just absolutely rave about it. It's just been absolutely special, yeah. you know, their time time in, J in Japan. Awesome. And then, so how how inspirational were, and how, how important and inspirational were the, the players' backstories? That I know I saw some of the stuff Rassi posted on, on Twitter, I think it was, um, just about inspiring the, the team and how he used their stories. Um, to inspire and motivate how how was that like that because Sia's story is it, it's incredible as well like tear joker but yeah yeah so i you know it's for me it's um the, the 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 most powerful thing for me is that we were a very diverse team yeah compared to i mean i joined the springboks in 2008 where it was a very homogenous team yeah most people were speaking the same language and the Damn, same so culture. You, you've seen yo that's awesome yeah i come from a very you know it was a donny craven era in 2008 yeah. compared to this very diverse group of, of players and management in in 2018 when mm. you know when rassi started and i must say that the the diversity you you, you know diversity is not a science See, I don't think it was planned, but yeah. everyone in that group, irrespective of whether you were from Boxburg or Benoni or Nelspreet or Swedi or, uh, you know, everyone had a journey that they traveled to yeah. get there. Mm. Whether, whether it was the player that was coming from the Strand or, you know, I think in the whole group we teased that there were probably two players that came from privileged backgrounds, including <laughs> management. You know, yeah. I mean, I come from, from a, the Cape Flats and, mm. and, 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 you know, and one of the, the talks before one of the test matches, Rassi actually had that board up and he circled where everyone came from. I saw and like a small clip of that and I was like, I really want to see the rest, but it was only like one or two guys, which yeah, it's... Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and that was for me, that it, it was it planned? No, it wasn't planned, but what it said to us was that people that really struggled, they ended yeah. up at the end of this and they had resilience and they could deal with the challenge that, yeah. that faced and they wanted to prove and, and therefore you could use their stories to say, yeah. you've, got, you've got a responsibility, you know, with, with you know, and, and that's where he said, you know, you cannot be entitled. You cannot fall into that entitlement trap that yeah. when you become a springbok, you're entitled to all these brilliant, amazing things and you're more worried about how many followers you have than actually your responsibility as a leader, yeah. as a, you know, important figure in South African, you know, sport. And, and I think that that's why those stories definitely inspired everyone. Mm. You know, everyone had a motivation to go out there and particularly against the English, I think yeah. it was... It was significant, and I mean, gosh, six months ago, now we, we we're not on a platform with our, with our <laughs> gold, medal, our, our trophies. I mean, we've gone. It's it's been surreal. I mean, now I mean, Sia's, you know, I saw on his Insta, he's, he's mopping the floors and he's doing the dishes yep. at home, and and we've you know, our lives, <laughs> our lives have changed. Yeah, and are such amazing challenges that that face all of us you know yeah. whether you're a professional athlete or whether you in, in in hospitality business or you know so many people are facing south africans are facing such big challenges with COVID 19 yeah. but i'm i'm hoping that with our resilience you know that we will pull through 
yeah. that we will shine and that we'll get through this challenging time and that, you know, we can always reflect on our six months ago that, you know, we did, we yeah. did show that we can shine and give hope, even though 18 months prior, we were really being written off. Yeah, for sure. And, and that documentary, I see there's a documentary coming out. Uh, have you, have you seen it? Have you seen any clips of it? Is it any good? I, I can't wait. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to take a couple of days off and just binge that. <laughs> So it's, it's, I mean, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the clips that were used in that, in the documentary. Yeah. But for me, I mean, we became so close to the cameraman that was with us from the start. Okay. And, and I think that we were working towards, you know, telling our story and our journey. And it's so, it's just so powerful for us now that we are able to do it. Yeah. You know, not, not, if we did not, you know, win, it would have, it would not have been the same telling no. and sharing the story of, you know, our meetings and, and, and I, I think, you know, that there are so many important lessons that I've learned through the leadership and the, the platform that was created in, in the team that I think that will be so valuable to so many people in different, you know, sectors and, and businesses in yeah. how, how the, the leadership managed to bring us together and to be aligned and to just move forward yeah. towards that vision and that goal. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's going to be, I mean, I'm probably going to be curious most of the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> no, likewise. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Renee, thank you so much. This has honestly been such a privilege to, to chat to you and thanks for taking time. I know you, you must be pretty busy at the moment with, with online physio and, and, and homeschool. So thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Robbie. It's a real pleasure. And that's all she wrote for episode five of the Keep and Drill with Robbie podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed and stay tuned for episode six next week.